Before we begin our study, let's pray together. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kidshenu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. We are counting the days toward Shavuot, and we're anticipating the blessings of the Lord and the ways that he blesses us and equips us through the Holy Spirit. We are thanking the Lord for the opportunities he's giving us to be with family, especially those we haven't seen for some time. We're thanking the Lord for the opportunities to serve our families, and we're remembering the promise in Isaiah 58 about that, that teaches us that when we fast and when we pray and when we act in service on behalf of our families, that's all important to the Lord. He promises to bring healing, restoration, and blessing to us and to our loved ones. We're also thankful for God's promise to pour out his spirit on young and old men and women. The Lord values all ages, and he values us being together and reflecting that. So we're grateful for young and old together in our Messianic congregation, serving the Lord together and showing together God's love for all generations. We're also declaring the great and wonderful deeds of the Lord. He is answering prayers. He's doing more than we ask or imagine. He's bringing healing to families and to relationships. He's healing bodies, hearts, and souls. And we're also celebrating the way that God has fulfilled his promise by blessing the regathering of the Jewish people in the land of Israel and blessing the establishment of the modern state of Israel in May 1948. This month is the 75th anniversary of the modern state of Israel. We thank the Lord for this extraordinary time that we're living in. Let's stay mindful of all that is beautiful and excellent and good. That attitude helps prepare our hearts for prayer and for ministry and for everyday life. Great and wonderful are your deeds, O Lord, God Almighty. With this attitude, let's look again at Yeshua's teaching about being a light. Last week, we read from Matthew. Tonight, I want to take a look at a parallel passage with some additional insights from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, starting in verse 33. Yeshua says, No one who has kindled a lamp hides it or places it under a bowl. Rather, he puts it on a stand so that those coming in may see its light. Verse 34, and this is uh, a new idea from what we read in Matthew Last week, it's an additional idea. The lamp of your body is the eye. When you have a good eye, your whole body is full of light. But when you have an evil eye, your body is full of darkness. Now, I want to share with you from the translation that David Stern, a blessed memory, uh, wrote for the Jewish New Testament. He says, the lamp of your body is the eye when you have a good eye, that is when you are generous. Or when you have an evil eye, that's when you're stingy. Because he recognizes, Stern recognizes that this idiom about the eye 
is something that needs to be explained a little bit to modern readers. A good eye was a way of saying generous, and an evil eye was a way of staying stingy. Verse 35, so Yeshua continues, so take care that the light in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is filled with light with no part dark, it will be fully lighted as when a brightly lit lamp shines on you. So Yeshua is speaking about generosity. And in verse 37, he continued, as Yeshua spoke, a Pharisee asked him to eat dinner with him. And so he went in and he took his place at the table. And the Pharisee was surprised that Yeshua did not begin by doing netilat yedayim, the washing of the hands before the meal. And then the Lord said to him in verse 39, Now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish, but what about the inside? That's where all the greed and wickedness is. And then Yeshua continued, It's so foolish and naive. Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what's inside you, be generous. Be generous to the poor and everything will be clean for you. Then verse 42, woe to you Pharisees because you give God a 10th of your mint and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You have an obligation to do these things, but without disregarding the others. I like what Yeshua is talking about here, but I find very interesting the choice of words. He uses this word obligation about generosity. We have an obligation to be generous, to not neglect tzedakah, uh, justice, and charity. Outside behavior, Yeshua is talking about, that outside behavior alone can become the wrong emphasis when it's neglectful of the inward condition. So he tells us, let's deal with what's going on inside of us, in our hearts and in our minds and be generous to the poor because that will clean up a lot of things for you. Yeshua says, tithe, yes, that's good. But don't neglect justice, tzedakah, charity, and don't neglect the love of God. And so, Mishpacha, we want to pay attention to all of this, especially this statement, don't neglect the love of God. Philanthropy and giving charity are important, but they can be insufficient. Tzedakah plus the love of God, these are essential. So Yeshua is speaking about that, the need to focus not only on outward behavior, but our inner condition and to unite those. And we need to cultivate this attitude because it helps us become established in the faith that we were taught. This week's Torah portion teaches about this kind of generosity in Leviticus 23, verse 22. This is a command. When you harvest the ripe crops produced in your land, don't harvest all the way to the corners of your field and don't gather the ears of grain left by the harvesters. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner. I am Adonai, your God. So one of the distinctive qualities of those who follow the Lord is that we are to act in a way that reflects care 
for the poor and for the immigrant, for the hungry. We're taught, we're even commanded to be generous. And we're given instruction about it that is sealed with this statement, I am Adonai, your God. When God gives a command and then he seals it with that statement, I am Adonai, your God, he's saying, it may not be evident to you, but this stands because I tell you, it's the truth. It's the right way. It's the best way of understanding life. Now, that helps me think about the two great commandments, the greatest commandments, the highest laws, according to Yeshua. Number one, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And number two, to love your neighbor as yourself. They are supreme laws, the majestic law or the royal law. James where Yaakov in chapter two, verse eight says, if you really do keep the royal law that's found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, then you are doing right. So the royal law, what does that mean? It's the law of the king. These two great laws that Yeshua mentions are surprising because they are laws to love. We don't have such laws in America. In fact, I don't know any country that has such laws. The modern state of Israel doesn't either. It has never been legislated to the best of my knowledge. But the Lord commands love. The Messiah of Israel, Yeshua, commands love. The Messiah of Israel was ready even to amplify that command by adding a new commandment. To love each other, not just as ourselves, but in the way Messiah has loved us. It's a higher standard. It's a new measure. And he only said it for us after he demonstrated it to us. Love is the supreme law because it's essential to authentic faith. Faith combines trust in God and faithfulness to God with love. Our outward actions are congruent with our inward responses. Knowledge and expertise should not be confused with love. They're different, even knowledge and expertise about the Torah. It's possible to be an expert about legal matters or religious matters and still not love God. Skillfulness, in fact, in a profession is important, but it's not the same as love. And being familiar with laws and regulations is not the same as love in a marriage or a family. Imagine a man who applied only his knowledge of Florida law to his wife or to his children. And he looked only at statutes and regulations looking for the rules about life. What a strange marriage and family that would be. But wait a moment, you might say, marriages are covenants, yes, they're serious binding agreements, so it's true there is something legal or lawful about the covenant of marriage. In fact, the ketubah, the Jewish marriage agreement, is a kind of legal contract. But marriage is not just a legal contract. It is an agreement that is founded upon love, mutual love. It's founded upon one's love 
husband and wife for one another. And that's why the apostle wrote that husbands should love their wives as Messiah loves all of us. That's in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. The supreme law of love also explains why Paul writes the Corinthians about ministry with spiritual gifts and with love. It's useful as we're preparing for Shavuot. The gifts of the Spirit are not an end in themselves. Ministry with the gifts is important when it reflects a more excellent perspective. That's what Paul teaches in his letter to the Corinthians about spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, he writes this, So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, the gifts that are helpful to others. And you should earnestly desire them. That's important, he says. Have this in your heart. But now let me show you a way of life that's best of all, or as many translations say, the more excellent way, the very best way. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 3. Paul writes, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And then in chapter 14, verse 1, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So 1 Corinthians 14, 1 summarizes or distills the more excellent way. It combines love and ministry. It combines love with spiritual gifts. It's not one or the other. It's the two together. The more excellent way unites love with ministry. Charismatic gifts are empty and inauthentic when they are not combined with real love. Yeshua taught the same thing. He taught that even miracles may be performed in a way that displeases God. Matthew 7 verses 22 in 23, Yeshua said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. In the same way, Romans chapter 13, verse eight, verses 8 through 10 speaks to this. Be indebted to no one except to one another in love. For he who loves his neighbor has brought into fullness the Torah. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And any other commandments are summed up in this one decree. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the Torah, or love brings fullness to the Torah. And Yeshua said in Matthew 7, verse 12, in everything then, do to others as you would have them do to you, for this is the essence of the Torah. 
and the prophets. So let's close with prayer now. Lord, we open our hearts to you. Let our capacity for love increase. Let our expression of love increase. Let the quality of our love increase so that we would learn from your example, Lord, and the good deeds that we have would shine in such a way that they bring glory and honor to our faith, our Father in heaven, and they cause others to praise the Lord. We pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. In a moment, we'll be closing with Aaron's blessing and a final worship song. But first, would you consider standing with us financially? If this live stream is a blessing to you, if our Messianic Jewish Teachings podcast is a blessing, or our sanctuary services, or any of our ministries are a blessing to you, would you consider blessing our ministry? You can find out all the information at our webpage, BethIsraelNow.com slash giving. So let's close with Aaron's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace.